Fire Up are proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. And now the Gladiators, Hoppawati with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A little bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Uh, it's just rubbing salt into the worm. You can see the head clash there. Oh, very nasty. Slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the bird. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Dead steps again. Steps again. He gets it down. It is a try. Yes, it's a try. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and Chris Gale. As they fire up. G'day, Chris. Uh, you fired up? Very fired up, Me soon. too. We're going back to some old stomping ground here. I want to talk about the sanctity of the rugby league soap opera. Very, very appropriate. Neighbors, everybody needs good neighbors. Just a friendly wave each morning. Helps to make a better day. Right, Chris. Now, look. Uh, there are many things that many societies protect: their their sacred skulls, their 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 costumes, their relics, their religious artifacts. Many, many things that are understood that it's a no-go zone. You know, we understand the rugby league soap opera. From our point of view, is definitely one part of the fabric of rugby league as we know it. And one very wise AFL merchant said, "That's the one thing that rugby league does better." Than all the other codes, and we can't we can't argue. I just looked up a page. There were sixty six obstructions of justice of some sort that I didn't even know about. And that's since just twenty fifteen in the NRL. That's right. Just that's not year. looking through the annals of history of rugby league. That's just a very small eight year sample. There was a, there, there was a graph here too, Chris. For I think twenty eighteen was it? Yeah, that was the annus horribilis for rugby league. Right. Right. It all happened in the pre-season. It was very hot that summer. A few things have killed that off, of course. We've had, uh, we've had the off years, the quiet years, the dark years, not to mention Mad Monday has gone, Chris. Yes. That was one of the great fertile stomping grounds for I, atrocities. I, I mean, I don't want to make light of a pandemic, which was uh, in, in some sense a global catastrophe, Stephen, but it was the worst outcome of covid the scrapping of Mad Monday. Yeah, yeah. Now, certain things have gone missing. We were sad about that. But there's certain things you don't touch. The sanctity of the rugby league soap opera, as understood by the general community. Yes. There's a few aberrations in that. Before I get there, though, for example, you don't dig up the Dead Sea Scrolls and just throw them in the back of a ute, do you? No, no. you you got to look after those things, right? You handle them, you preserve them, and you curate them, Stephen. Right. The Shroud of Turin. Gloves on, correct? Constantly dry cleaning that thing. Right. The Elgin Marbles, they want to bring them back and they want to treat them properly. No scraps, no, no chips on them. 
always always wondered about the Elgin Marbles was, you know, were we talking like Tom Bowlers or I something a little bit bigger? Big, much bigger than that. Okay, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. Bigger than a testicle, I can put it that way. <laughs> now, what about the Da Vinci Code and Jesus Christ blood in a vial? That's somewhere, isn't it? Well, I don't know because, look, I get myself in trouble a bit because I actually think as Tom Hanks is one of the finest actors of his generation. You believe him? Yeah, but I couldn't be bothered watching those movies. Right. You read the book, though? No. Oh, you didn't do it? Okay, no. all right. Uh, I, Muhammad's beard. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. No. Like Prince, don't look at him. <laughs> you know? Too <laughs> special. Um, that John the Baptist, apparently there's some sort of uh, leftover parts, maybe a toenail, maybe. Well, no, I think uh, with John the Baptist, uh, if there's anything left over, it will be from his head. Right, that's all. That was, that, the rest was thrown away to the that, dogs, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, again, I have, it's been a long time since I read the source material, Stephen, but I think that it, the head of John the Baptist was, was the main game. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know, they might have preserved some eyelashes or something like and that. And apparently the, the mother of Jesus Christ, uh, Mary, there's a, there's a fashion item that's been kept over the years. Yes, yes. Did the, you know I've got a crucifix with a little bit of the crucifix in it? Do you know I have, I have one of those? Let, let me Verified. Tell, let me tell you, you were at a kiosk just outside the Vatican. That's exactly right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And for 25 lira, you were able to actually acquire yeah. a bit of the cross. Now, Chris, we have been the protectors of some of the some of the fabric, the moral code of rugby league. And one of those things, of course, was we know there's, there's a Hall of Fame, there's a museum over at uh, Driver Avenue, and we've been putting forward, uh, waiting for the right government to approve the Hall of Shame. Well, the question, first of all, is there a Hall of Fame at the moment? I hear that if you go to Rugby League Century, you can't get in, ah. right? Budget cuts. Right. And um, so there's that issue, yes. and then there's our issue. Right. Well, we also sort of put forward a couple of things. The Hall of Shame, it's an endless hall, Chris, endless. Well, you, six, can't, you can't get to the end. 66 atrocities in eight years, and, I mean, that's just a sample. It's going to be one hell of a hall, Stephen. Exactly, and we talked about the... Uh, the uh, in fact, I think it would be the halls of shame. The halls. Of, it's like a mirror maze where you just turn one corner and you're in another, <laughs> another hall. You don't know how you got there. Am I in Versailles or am I Moor Park? Yeah, I'm not it, sure. Or Harry Potter's castle. I don't know. <laughs> but we did talk about having a pyramid design sarcophagus for... Well, if we're going to look at the the bad, we need to look at the good, the yin and the yang. So if we're going to invest in the halls of shame, and it's it's embarrassing for me to say, Stephen, that the former coalition New South Wales sports minister was Did a personal friend, us. Alistair Henskins, right? right? I was some shot. I don't know who this Stuart, what's his name is now with uh, the, the Minns government, but he's clearly a blocker because we were going to a well-designed ziggurat-style pyramid for the interring of... At least the future immortal. So certainly we uh, highlighted Mal Meninga. How many are we up to again? Well, I think it's 13. 13, and right. can, well, well, if we're lucky, yes. and a result of our efforts this year, number 14, Benny Elias, put it right. in the book. That's true. But when you come to your end of your time on this mortal coil, yes, yes. Uh, it's not just enough to be named a rugby league immortal. Mm. You need to be defined, protected, curated, right. um, put into a sarcophagus. Do you have to be, can you be uh, incinerated or it has to be body, body hole wrapped up? I think it's personal choice, personal of, the, choice. of the said, okay. but it still have to have the sarcophagus Tutankhamun style. Yes. So then in about five or 600 years when they are excavating the Park area and they're right. going, what is this stadium and how much right. money did it cost? They'll be able to find these wonderful, wonderful memories of these wonderful, wonderful rugby league players. And no problem about digging them up from wherever they are? No. No, because like uh, Sattler, he's over at Redfern Oval. Well, this is interesting, isn't it? First of all, don't tell me that the likes of Tutankhamen and Ramses II... Haven't been moved. In, in, <laughs> ...intended to be put into that ornate condition not to be discovered. Yes, right? yeah, that's that was, right. All gold, that jewels. Was, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was absolutely some, their intention. Some Tommy Explorer in, in you know, 1910 or whatever. If I'm going to have to put up being king, I expect yeah. to be an exhibition at the Victoria right, Museum. Right, right, right. right or okay. Victoria and Albert Museum. Yeah. Um, but, but yes... But, but Artie Beeson was not known for fuss and glamour, was he? You know, he wouldn't wear a suit, he'd wear his stubbies and his singlets to any affair... 
Love the beer, well, meat th- pie. Which would be represented that on the coffin. Represent- okay. You know, right, it right. wouldn't be some sort of, you know, uh, uh, sort of, what is it, like a hybrid dog sort of look that they tended to have in Egypt. It'll yes. be reflective of Artie. And you're right. I mean, our job, which is never ending, yes. is that we've got to get some of those other things into their rightful place. We've yeah. got to disinter Satz's ashes from right. Redfern, right. Artie's from Alliance. Yes. Okay. Provided they haven't been taken off as a as put into a hothouse somewhere. Look, Chris, many people understand this soap opera must be respected. And when I'm not talking about people dying being part of a soap opera, but there is a soap opera that exists, and many people understood. I think a one of our best mates, Todd Rundgren. Uh, sorry, Todd Rundgren. <laughs> Don Rungan, he's a rugby league fan just like Don Walker is. Stephen, I've been meaning to say this for some time. Can we still be friends? (laughs) Can I rephrase that? Yes. (laughs) Tom Greenberg. Let's hear. And what I say regularly is don't take the soap out of the soap opera. There's a bit of a soap opera about rugby league. Is he? He understood that. He told that directly to us. That was an exclusive fire-up quote and recording. It was was actually very defining in the history of our show and and our careers, Stephen. Do you remember when Todd came to the FBI studios to record that? Yes. Like he came in that fleet of Cadillacs. Yes. They couldn't get him into the FBI car park. He was rubbing his hands. An entourage like you wouldn't believe. Men in suits with sunglasses and earpieces. Yeah. It was really quite... But he said, let's bring it on. Yeah. Whereas... David Gallup, he sat there mutely and yeah. said, how long do I have to sit here for? Stony face. Yeah. But he still agreed with the soap opera. He understood it. Uh, very much part of the fabric of rugby league, uh, as did Peter Beattie, yes. the ex-premier of uh, Queensland, and many others, of course, you know, that have pushed that point forward, that I that want... is part of the fan experience. Don't you wonder whether Abdo gets it, though? Yeah, sense of humour, Chris. You know, know. There's the, many people that the, do have lack a funny bone. I'm not sure if Abdo Labs lacks a funny bone yet. We need to dig deeper, I think. Dark Overlord Peter Valentis doesn't strike me as a soap opera guy, but I think those I words... Think he does. <laughs> I think he gets it. But I think those words from Todd Greenberg are what defines the purpose of rugby league right, and right. its relationship to soap opera, Stephen. There are some people who just don't get it. That is true. Small parts of the community, and can I say one, Paul Kent. Yes, you can. You can. Now, he alleged domestic violence, Chris, is not soap opera. It definitely is not. It is not funny. There's no space for it. And the other day at the front of the court, he alleged that he's now part of the soap opera. He is now chief villain in rugby league HQ. And we stand against these words, Stephen. I mean, um, we don't um, want to dwell too much on this time. It has to go through the system. But the quote was, the quote was, it's the rugby league soap opera. It's the way it rolls. It's my day to be a storyline right now. That's fine. People are entitled to their opinions. We will get to the end of it. Everything will be okay. Yes. Now, is when, that right? when you're up for one of those offences, such as in the NRL, that it's more than 11 years. Oh yes, as custodial. Deemed, deemed by the the district court. Yeah, we're not touching that. We're, we're no. not touching that. Okay. And the rugby league soap opera seat's not to touch it, Stephen. It's not part of the fabric. It's outside the fabric. Okay. Well, let's give him the Paul Kent is now. Uh, you know the Schneidly whiplash of rugby league, the bad guy, right? Now we all need a bad guy. Everybody remembers, uh, I think, neighbours. You know, yes. you remember who was it? Was it the the, the body snatcher? No, the, the the pantyhose sniffer. No, no, no. I'm, you're getting your soap operas a bit. Oh, Mrs. Mangle there, Stephen. Yes. Mrs. Mangle, of course. Mangle. She was, was the, the tittle tat. The busybody. The busybody. Yeah. And then long term, all yeah. the way to the end. Yeah. Paul Robinson, played by Stephen Dennis. There's something small about Paul, wasn't there? Well, he burned down Lassiter's. <laughs> um, I think Harold tried to murder him at some stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, he was always up to a series of failed marriages. Right. Kids littered all over the over <laughs> okay. the greater planet. Not not quite evil, but just a bad doer, and right? Constantly screwing locals on business deals like Toady. It was shocking. Now I even I wasn't a home and away fan. I was too. I guess it was, came after me, I suppose. But apparently, Angie Russell is one of many female evildoers in the soap opera. There, she was an arsonist. Yeah. Uh, she got to come up. She even. 
um, you know, had an affair with one of his students, Stephen. Yeah, the, I mean, they're the sorts of storylines they won't let you do on Australian television anymore. <laughs> the freak in the prisoner? <laughs> well, she was tough. Do you know what happened in the very last episode of Prisoner, not Wentworth, Tell the, me. the remake, yeah. was the freak got done for corruption. Right. And so you saw her going through all the various processes of being put into the Wentworth prison. Right. And the final scene, she was looking forlornly at her prison bars as the, as the crane of the camera panned back and all the other prisoners were out there enjoying a game of football. Heckling, were they? Yeah, rugby league. Okay. Uh, Mr. Big? Mr. Big in <laughs> East Street, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. East Street, which of course was Darling Street, Balmain. He was a villain who spent his entire on-camera screen time wearing a paper bag on his head. Right. So who was the who was the evildoer in number ninety six then, Chris? Well, you had many. Probably the most famous. You made reference to the pantyhose strangler. That's right. It was a nurse called Tracy Wilson. She he she for example strangled Arnie Feather's wife. Arnold Feather. Remember Arnold Feather? Point yeah. of actual fact, Mister and Mrs. Godolphus. Wasn't he a stereotype? <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Kevin Kevin Jeffrey something like Kevin that. Kevin Jeffrey's other yeah. But I mean I mentioned mentioned the Godolphuses. Yes. The number ninety six bomb. Well, hang on. That was in Elaine's Elaine's bar. No, the, no. Uh, no, Norma's bar. Norma's no, bar, that's so, right. Yeah, so the, the bomb was actually in the delicatessen right. with the Godolphuses. Okay. We lost um, Roma and Aldo Godolphus, yes. Miles, <laughs> oh. the young, sexy man, and we lost Norma's husband, Les. Les. Gosh, I can't, you know, I've got Les Patterson in my name, but it'll, it'll, it'll come to me. And it was an insurance job. It was not meant to end in fatalities, but the most evil person in number 96 was Maggie Cameron. Ah, got it. Okay, and, so... And just, I just simply want to notice the two names there, Maggie Cameron. Yes, yes. Well, the line is drawn generally by the police when it comes to rugby league atrocities, Chris. Les Whitaker. Les Whitaker, you got it. So if you've got any doubts about what the line is, we generally say it's the police and the courts. But, of course, that can be a bit flexible, a bit rubbery. We know about uh, uh, our chap uh, Amon who was chasing a bloke across a rooftop with a hammer. With a hammer. And, and he was banned from rugby league. Because but then, potentially you could have ended up if convicted in jail for more than 11 years. Yes. But it was downgraded, I think, from the district to the local court. Yes. Maximum five years. That's open slather. Confusing. Yeah. Now, Chris, um, <laughs> that, that is an interesting sort of point. So if the line's, line is drawn by the police, what happens when it comes to property damage? Because I think if restitution is made and the victim is satisfied, then that's funny. That can be funny. So there was an incident with the Burgeyes up in, up in Townsville. Townsville, I think it was, and they broke windows in shops. They had to pay for it. Funny stuff. Good story. Bad boys. Away we go. Move on. In come the glazes. It's all It's all sweet. Exactly. I mean, these things happen. They're big blokes. They're, they're just have a bit of fun, you know. I think that, that there's there's a, a fine and a law against actually pitch invading. I think it's the funniest thing in rugby league, probably the greatest part of the soap opera that we know, particularly if they're fat and nude. <laughs> Waddy Homewood in origin. Waddy, yeah. And he, they took him back to Burwood Police Station and then made him walk home. There's a lot of concern what that, a or, figure he was. that origin ratings are in decline. If yeah. word got out that Waddy was going to make an encore performance, they yeah. would go through the roof. Because I haven't seen a pitch invader uh, unclothed for years now. Years, I that, know. That do-gooder that ran on during the Anzac Day clash simply to put an arm around Zach Lomax because of his bad goal kicking. Yes. I mean, he, he had... He That's actually nice, had, nice. He'd actually was, he was given a safety vest yes. by the security saying, well, if you're going to do this, you yeah, may as well at least yeah, be visible. Yeah. And the bloke that chained himself up to the goalpost, was it last round final? Was, was that Mark McLinden, was it? Yeah. One of the Canberra Macca's? He just doesn't rate when it comes to proper atrocities on the field. And he was terrible. He just couldn't get the turn Couldn't get it right the, done. Couldn't get the no. post protection off now, or whatever. Now, what about rugby league atrocities? There's a million of them, as we found out. So many. I think the book is coming. Yes. The book is coming. Now, Todd Carney, one of the greatest. <laughs> one of the greatest. I mean, he had an incident with a dog. Uh, no. No. No, Carney was the bubbler. That's right. Uh, he was also run out of Goulburn. 
a hundred kilometre boundary. That's right. But dogs were involved, and we we are here to protect the dog industry, <laughs> are we? I mean, it happens in the old Western movies. The sheriff runs you out of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any legal precedent for what happened down in Goulburn, but I like it. But he's still bitter. He's very, very bitter. Who you got? Well, Mitchell Pierce, I think, of course, uh, did have form with Bella. Oh, Bella I think. the dog. That was just mucking around, though, Chris. It was mucking around. Yeah, I yeah. said it was actually should be a training video for what you should do yeah. when you're a drunk footballer. You try to kiss someone inappropriately. They say, no, you move on. <laughs> you find Bella. You try and mock shag the dog. They say, hey, don't do that. You hand the dog back. Yeah, and yeah. they say, you should leave. And he left. But didn't this start at the old, the non-existent pre-COVID lockdown, lockouts, all the rest of it, the, the White House? Well, prior to that in 2014, there was the incident at the beach House. Oh, the beach house. Yes, yeah. yes. So long ago, Chris. Uh, where um, there was a woman who went by the social media tag Mel's Bubble Butt. Right. And Mel's Bubble Butt was wearing a distinctive yellow dress. That's very on, isn't it? Yeah. And Mitchell Pierce sort of, you know, might have, might have test the fabric because yeah. I think Fashion Week was coming up. Right. And he said, is that a gingham or what is that? And right. so, yeah, so Mitchell's had some trouble, but he is flourishing now. He's braining it in Catalan. He certainly doesn't want to come back to the Tigers. Okay, another dog incident, John Monaghan. Ooh. What is it? Are they, it's because they're dog's best friend and they're lovable and they're agreeable. <laughs> they'll, they'll play with you, you know. But he had a mad, mad Monday and ended up with pictured, of course, as always, always a picture somewhere uh, with another dog, dog unnamed Chris. And, and you don't want to go into all the details, but I think peanut butter was involved. Yeah, that's right. And the human anatomy. <laughs> and I think he went to England for a couple of quiet years and came back resurrected, yes? That's actually how you get a job in Super League. Right. You go, what atrocities have you done? They say, well, I've got this thing with the dog and the peanut butter on there. They go, you're in. Right. This has reminded me, Chris, there's so many stories that we really got to work harder on this one and find them all and have them ready for the, our avid listener here. What else you got? Well, I mean, Julian O'Neill, of course, oh, Julian, very, very famous, sloshy yeah. shoe. That gets repeated a lot. Uh, lighting Danny the Dolphin, which we explored earlier yeah, this yeah. year. Urinating under the uh, casino, the roulette tables at Jupiter's. Do you know how far is the toilets, Chris? <laughs> Do you know how far? The sad thing is, is Jupiter's has been taken over by like a star right, or right. something like that. It's not what it used to be. Um, John Hopawati, of course. Yeah. Um, you hear a little bit of audio of when he... Uh, takes out big old Keithy Galloway uh, in a manly fixture. but Talking um, to the lower region, of course, Anthony Watts, the penis biter. Yeah, in a scrum. Yeah, in a scrum. Yeah. There's been a few who have grabbed testicles or wheels or scrotes or whatever. Well, uh, Gal, I think, yeah, has Gal. form there. Yeah. Your mate, Marty Bella. Marty Bella, yeah. The man who rucked the ball famously backwards. <laughs> <laughs> funnier, than, funnier than going at the wheels. I mean, and it, and it was getting into performance art. If you remember, Dylan Napa. Yeah, Pleasuring himself on 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 video, <laughs> and the camera panned, and there was Kane Evans shadow boxing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it really was like a Fellini. He sort of movie. missed the point, didn't he? Yeah, you know, when when Paris Hilton and and, and the Kardashians <laughs> were selling six vi- sex videos, there had to be some sort of saucy reason, correct? Yeah, well, yeah, normally there was more than one one individual involved in the sex act. That's right. I tell you, who takes the Kate Marty Kennedy trying to smuggle snakes on a plane. That, that, that was a new one. And that, Samuel L. Jackson actually played Martin Kennedy yeah. in that movie, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's With right. Christina Ricci. Well, look, I I was there. I literally was there at the Junior Rugby League fundraiser where uh, <laughs> Nate Miles got into trouble hours later and landed in the corridor naked and in a mess. Yes. And, uh, and that, made a mess from yeah, memory. Made a mess. And that was Willie Mason's fault. He was egging him on with shots. So, you know, typical. And typical. did you, and, and as a keeper of the flame yeah. and an understanding that as we go back to Greenberg, you've got to keep the soap in the soap opera that's Robbie Lee, yeah. you wouldn't have intervened. No, I did not. You've got to let the chips. They say those who stand silent are just as, you know, to blame. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I, I, I think that the, the rugby league cognoscenti are entitled to 
forge their own path. Yes. And all you can do is curate the result. I can see where this is going, Chris. <laughs> you know, we want we want to laugh. So anyway, so Paul Kent doesn't get it. It's not a soap opera for you, mate. We'll see how that rolls out at the end. It may not be okay, or it may well be. Uh, look, we have forgotten two big names, of course. Yes. Is, uh, our very own namesake, Fire Up, which is uttered by... Mark Gasnier. Mark Gasnier in the a taxi. Yes. With uh, Anthony Michello, yeah. Funny stuff. He yes. wrote a book about it. Well, it's in the book. It's in the book. He does say he wished the expression had never been coined. Right. And let me tell you, as given that we've trademarked the bloody thing, yeah. the number of infringements that occur on a yeah, weekly basis, we can't week. keep up. Yeah. If only we knew some good lawyers, yeah. Stephen. Now, the great Snidely Whiplash of all time, the most evil man in rugby, let alone the world, his one name is Cameron Smith. Benny Elias here for Fire Up. Get there. Sweetest victory of all. This is a victory for the true believers. Chris, it never gets tired, does it? When you've got it, we call it game day when you win, you know. Paul Keating won that day. You know, we've got many of them, obviously, uh, Goff Whitlam, and there's a whole bunch of winners that over the years. Barack Obama, one of the great speeches. It's a glorious moment, isn't it? You can often go, it ain't going to last. It's fleeting. It's fleeting. It's so fleeting, Stephen. And yeah. so, therefore, what we all need to do, and this is a, a phrase that I've trademarked, I coined it myself, we've got to stop and smell the roses, Stephen. You trademarked that. So <laughs> when you get a victory, yeah, yeah. don't gloss over it. No, no. Don't be roosters-like yeah. about it. Yeah. Actually value it, protect it, yeah. curate it, and put it in the mausoleum. Right, Chris, I had to think about this as well, and I came up my trademark this as well. The ecstasy of winning, relatively speaking. <laughs> because I look on the ladder, we won, it, we felt great, but we're in the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> How does that work? It didn't matter though. It didn't, I was living in the moment and it, was, it felt bloody great. And that's what sport and politics can do to you or for you. So uh, our game and we, we trudged down. And, you know, it gets a bit cold in winter down at uh, Jubilee, Cogra, because you're looking straight out of Port Botany. Uh, the wind's coming on off the ocean. Off the Pacific, yep. Off the Pacific. And it's like, ooh, you know. And then you go down and you go, oh, Christ, there's a queue of 150 people still. You know, after we put in our little, you know, what would you change at Cogra Oval, the experience, you know. Um, and, you know, not my pies and nothing bugger. Okay, I won't eat. I won't get a drink just yet. I'll wait till the game's playing. Then you miss something. Okay, point two. And then suddenly, uh, Suley, Moses Suley scored, runaway try all the way up. I thought, oh, we're ahead, 6-0, you beauty. A fleeting moment of winning. I heard that try on the radio in my car because I'd taken Mary Jane and Grace to a drag show greet and meet at home. They love cars, do they? Uh, and it was <laughs> it was a perfect backdrop driving through the cityscape to hear that. So I did one of those surveys for the West Tigers about what would you like to see to improve the experience of West Tigers games, and I filled in the box said, win more. Win more, simple as that. Mm. Um, 
And uh, okay, so isn't that legal? And they've listened. And they listened. They did. <laughs> and they, we'll get to that. Well, can't wait. The, the audience doesn't know this yet, Chris. All oh, right, sorry. Right, okay. So, who was St. George Illawarra playing? But uh, the team that beat us by what? One point? One point. Anzac Day, yeah. biggest game of the year for as far as suburban grounds go. And uh, it was heartbreaking, though I didn't expect to win that one. This one, we were winning 12 nil at half time with a little scurry through by. Was uh, it 14 nil, I think, from memory, it might have been. Was it a, was Had it a conversion a, under your goal? belt as well? Yeah, yep. possibly, Chris. Yep. I just go on feeling. Yep. It's the ecstasy of winning. <laughs> that's all I care about, you know. You said just in bold, we're in front, we're behind, right? In front of behind. And yep. that's all that matters in the wash up, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are, half time. Ben Hunt scored a try, scurried over. You beauty, we're relaxing now. Let's go and get a pie or a hot dog or something that might be warm enough to eat by now <laughs> and available, you know. <laughs> Still nothing. <laughs> Got to the bathroom, though. Uh, and anyway, and of course, I did take notice, of course, is the music, because that's one of the things I do, play music at live venues for rugby league. And, Chris, will you have a suicide pill, something to kill me, to knock me out? If I have Seven Nation, seven nation Army one more time, I heard it twice. Did Don't you, need to hear that again. Did you get the unholy triumvirate of Diamond, Farnham, and Braithwaite? Not even that interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah, the, wow. There's a lot of talk of the same night at the South Parramatta game at Trellions, the public asset they stadium it was that me. it is. People did think it was you because you got things like um, when there was an HIA, they played Niles Barkley crazy. Yes. yes. And it went from <laughs> Bjork straight into Blitzkrieg blocked by the Ramones. That, that is creative. Get it on, T-Rex. No, you know, it was It was pretty Catholic in its taste, so people yeah. thought Ferris. Yeah, well, the uh, oh, you know who was next to me? Jimmy Smith was calling the game. Oh, right. Ex-Fire Up uh, yes. member here yep. and gave me a nod. And I'm talking, you know, shush, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> 9,000 fans in the cold. It wasn't a big show, but it, you know what? It felt. It really did feel, you know, in the bones, in your waters, as they say, you'd feel like you're going to win. You know, luck's on your way. The wind's running. <laughs> I never feel that. But well, uh, I- <laughs> and, and, I mean, the, the other aspect that I'm curious about, because it didn't come through my screen mm. where I had all the food options I needed at home, um, <laughs> was the protest on. The which? The protest, you know, the pitchforks, well, the, the right. torches. We know it was a tumultuous week, right? First of all, there was the town hall meeting. Which what was said in Wollongong, correct? Uh, that's what I wasn't there. I was I was actually at, had a meeting. I had to go to myself, so I couldn't hear the town hall meeting of grievances. Uh, what happened was apparently they do it over over you know the internet. Uh, it's a media organisation that run it. Couldn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so know? my understanding was you could hear the fans going. What are we going to do about the football department? The and football then, operators don't say no. And then Ryan will be... <laughs> Andrew Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. I got a clean up version of the replay and I couldn't last five seconds. I thought, what's going on here? What do they run again? Don't they run Channel 9 and win and everything? <laughs> anyway, half time we're winning. I noticed the run on again and I thought, damn, they dropped it again. Somebody's made a decision in the institution that I support, you know, my hard earned money like all of ours do, uh, to drop the U2. Uh, Green Day song when Saints are coming which was their big run on song for years now and it's worked on wonders I don't know where the publishers have got on board and said you can't have it cost too much well money. that'd be Bono's game wouldn't it like if he's not getting a sent for every time your boys are running on he's just furious he needs a dollar but you know he's a Catholic boy Irish Catholic you know when the Saints I mean wouldn't you think that's a, that's a nice knock yeah, I would have thought. I would have thought. Anyway, uh, so it, it was one of those, you know, Hook got sacked. The coach got sacked and uh, Ryan Carr, uh, 
I didn't say Ryan Webb, right? <laughs> Ryan Carr installed as interim coach. Of course, that's a really difficult position because if he wins, everyone goes, what do we need the new guy for? Jason Ross can go back to where he's coming from and start losing for the chooks. And, and can we pay an interim coach interim coach money <laughs> exactly. to be our full-time coach? Yeah. And he was behaving like an interim coach. He was excited. Oh, boy. It, the camera was cutting up there. There yeah. was a lot of good times Banging going the glass there. over and over again. Was going, oh, shit. You know, what are you doing, Ryan? Stop <laughs> it. You know, he was genuinely excited and uh, that was a joy to watch. I think I saw Sean Timmons in there, didn't Sean I? Timmons. Yep. What's he doing there? It's a real shake-up. He's assisting the assistant interim coach. Right. So he says it wasn't his doing. It was Hook's doing. But funny funny coincidence, suddenly all the players go back to Hang the Hang on. Position. Yeah, Lomax and Sawley swap sides. Swap sides for the first time Ben Hunt didn't, get, didn't go anywhere near a number nine jersey. Yeah. Hello, Queensland. Well, Lomax drawn, drawn back in again. Lomax kicked four from five. Four from five. You know, all the shackles were off. Yeah, yeah. Now, second half kicks in and, oh, look out. Suddenly Tedesco wakes up. Now, he has been in a bit of a rut, hasn't he? Well, not him. The team have been in a bit of a rut. No, no, Teddy. In fact, Teddy, it was very much a media story that he hadn't scored a try until Anzac Day. Right. And he was in within 10 minutes. And then I think a la Tom Travojevic down at our nation's capital or mm. the beautiful city, as Jack Whiten calls it, <laughs> as he's leaving As he's it. leaving. Thank you very much. I'll send you a postcard. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Freddie's got on the phone to uh, Luai. Yeah. He's got on the phone to Travojevic. Yeah. And he's got on the phone to Tedesco. He goes, hello, you know there's a game coming up. Yes. And If you don't perform. Right. Yeah. And, and that was enough. Right. Who was that? Well, of course, Dylan Edwards lost his spot, didn't he? Yes. It's a shame. I love him. I love Teddy too. Dylan Edwards from Penrith, you've really thrown me now. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, who didn't get their position? Oh, I didn't get it. Yeah, but, but he, yeah. we'll he, talk about he didn't have a position to lose, Stephen. You've got, there's a thing called incumbency. I know. <laughs> They're good, though. I'd put the best 15 in, you know. <laughs> That's how I'd roll. 70. Do you know but, how to play lock, you know? It's happy. 13 on the field, you've got four on the bench. Are we on the same game? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then two quick tries. Oh, no. They're equal now. They're getting ahead. And then Teddy goes in for a third one. Now, somewhere amongst that sort of like sinking into the chair sort of feeling of depression and please don't play Seven Nation Army one more time please uh, we'll really do it well, well Moses Sully who'd done that beautiful 95 metre while I was leaving home um, from home yeah. uh, try yeah. he takes the catch and you go beautiful diffused and then it's the one-on-one strip. And oh. can I go on this public record? That was say, pretty good. I don't like the one-on-one strip. I was, it, look, it was ballet. It really was. Yeah. It was well, know, it was a try. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And, Spawn, turn, and, roll, drop, you know. And could you hear the teeth gnashing up there in the grandstand? How bad was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, the fans were starting to fight amongst themselves. That's what <laughs> We were distracted because they were yelling at each other, you know. Someone had found a warm pie and <laughs> no. they go, that's mine. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> and then this incident happened, Chris, where – now, let, let me get this wrong. Right. Uh, there was a chook player – Running Lomax, who of course does like a little bit of anger show. Yes. A little bit of aggro. Dare I say red and white mist? Red and white mist. Yeah, not too red, but yeah. you know, a bit of pink. Pinky mist. Pinky mist. Threw him on his back, bam, you know, and the ball dropped out. And Lindsay then, Collins, I believe. Lindsay Collins. And of course, Who's looking more and more like Frankenstein. Somebody, all of the chooks took offence. <laughs> you know, like, well, how dare you do that to us? And so in the... Oh, you're talking about... You're not talking about the, the end game. You're talking no. about the stouch. Yeah, the stouch. Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, yes. gotcha, because... Yeah, I don't think it was Lindsay Collins. To, to it was, us, no. uh, who was it? Oh, it'll come to me. Corey? Yeah, Corey Allen. Corey Allen. Who, who is he anyway? Yeah, he's a South reject. Who is he? <laughs> I never <laughs> heard of him. That's what he is. And uh, suddenly it's all on. You know, the new beauty is a bit of a bit of a tussle and push and stuff. But in, they dissected the video, right? And they found, of course, that there was a red mist descending, Chris. Slowly but surely, a very thick red mist. And it wasn't anything to do with Indigenous Day. No. Celebrations, you no. know. No smoking ceremony. That, none of that stuff. It was very much red mist. And it was coming down. And it was coming over one spot only. And that was Victor Radley. Yeah. What's he called now? 
Originally Victor the Inflictor, yes. Then uh, Victor the Defector, yes. Uh, the the then, Violator, then Victor the Idiot, yeah, the Idiot, yeah. <laughs> then it was, then it was Victor the Victim yes. after Anzac Day. Now he's called Victor the Self Inflictor. Oh, he's not the Red Mist Merchant, yeah, because. Well, and here he is. He holds the record for all-time NRL sim innings at nine, and yes. he's gone in. He's led with the head. No, no, he's choked Lomax first. Oh, well, the, the, that's the first. That thing. That was the entree. He choked Lomax. Like, okay, you got you there, and then <laughs> does bring up the whole issue of the soap opera and what we we're talking about before. But anyway, yeah. uh, he's led with his head yeah. translated into a potential headbutt with Blake Blocker Laurie. Yeah, and now we're still debating whether it's a headbutt or leading with the head. <laughs> And, you know, don't start me on Gus because Gus needs to shut up, right? <laughs> well, the thing was that he wasn't put in the sim bin. No. And, as our audio- and, and they got the penalty. And as our audio producer, Mash, pointed out, when he was put in the bin uh, in the Dragons game, it was because of his reputation. Yeah. So it now seems that he wasn't put in his bin in the instance of a clear headbutt yeah. because of his well, reputation yeah, of yeah, being put in the bin. You know what? The best thing, and, and, and I'm talking from my point of view because very few wins, Chris, like you. <laughs> so I think I'm indulging myself and I'm quite rightly. So uh, the last 38 seconds, everybody that played it said, I could play it again and again and again and again. And Vossi was in fine form. Bob and Hope. From the Dragons, up, it'll come down, 10 out, collect, but Sloan decides to kick, here come the Dragons, here come the Dragons! I was doing the same thing, Chris, here come the Dragons, and... Who writes these scripts? Who wrote these scripts? Rugby League! You beautiful thing! Look at the Dragons, fans! Say, Barbara! You were there, Stephen. And we were yelling and screaming like a bunch of idiots, and there's no happier moment to be, and it's the ecstasy of winning... Relatively speaking. And doesn't it encapsulate why we love this game, why we love the soap opera, rugby league, you beautiful thing. I, of course, had tipped the roosters, but I was out of my seat, <laughs> Stephen, with joy yeah, yeah. when the game was prized from their claws like that. It was just an absolutely heartwarming, wonderful moment. And what I loved was during the commentaries, I think it might well have been Bossy who opined, I said, don't be mistaken, Anthony Griffin, he loves these boys. He'll be watching somewhere, wishing them the best. Well, that's a lie. He was hoping that they'd absolutely powder and fall apart and lose to the tune. That, oh, was, that was our thought. Where was he? Well, he was, was he there. Doing? I hit his in Fiji, but he, he? he was hoping that the scoreline would be, let me think, something like 66 Roosters, 18 <laughs> Dragons. Because See? that didn't happen, See? did it, Stephen? Not at that game. No, no, not at that. And then I thought there won't be a better finish, a better game to top it. And look what your team did. So at the 5.30 slot, and Stephen... I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I gave my box to the Domini family. Hello to the Dominies right. um, and uh, Terry Bull and related parties who uh, enjoyed the corporate largesse. They owe you big time, Chris. We had PWA Rumble 4. It was a massive success, Stephen. I know you want to hear about it, but time doesn't allow me to go into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we took on the North Queensland Cowboys at Leichhardt Oval, and it was a 66 to 18 thumping. 11. So, well, well, say that again. 66 to 18. Do they have the numbers? <laughs> that, they had to find the numbers, right? They, well, in fact... They never used a six on the first digit, have they? The, the, the crowd was willing the 6-0 to appear. They invaded the scoreboard after where Big Baz Barry Maguire is yeah. the 59-year-old scoreboard attendant. He said, I couldn't keep up with the game. I couldn't hear anything. I was just constantly changing numbers. He does it for nothing, I guess. And as the headline writers have already done, uh, all those tries were scored on, on, on route to 66. Right, very funny. Uh, yes, yeah. on and, Ralph. Any comments from some of the legends, like our, our recent uh, visitor, Benny Elias or Block or anybody like that? Well, I think, you know, the the Blue Wiggles campaign to sever uh, Balmain from West Magpies has probably gone a little bit the, quiet. That was the trick, was it? This was unifying. Uh, now, of course, 
you don't want to count all your chickens, a la the roosters. <laughs> and Lee Hadjipatelis has got on the front foot and he said, I spoke to coach Tim Sheens afterwards and I said, one swallow doesn't make a summer, Tim. And yeah, one Lee, swallow, and- they're not talking about swallowing fluid of any kind. No, you're talking about a bird. The bird, okay, doesn't make a summer, got it. Like in the Happy Prince, I think it was a swallow. Okay, right. So he's gone... Tim, one swallow doesn't make a summer. And Tim said yeah, back... That's nice and happy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Tim said back to Chairman Lee, fuck off, Lee. Quite, <laughs> <And laughs> You can quote him on that, can you? But it was, it was, as we've hinted, it was a night for the true believers, Stephen, and my phone lit up like a Christmas tree yeah, yeah. with a lot of excited patrons. Fortunately, I don't fall in that category of I try and avoid the score. I just let it happen yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah. And it was it was joyous. What an occasion. I could not, go on forever. Did you not see the, the nude pitch, pitch invader? Uh, no. Paul Keating. <laughs> In different colours. I thought he was a Canterbury boy, but there you go. And to top it off, first of all, Stafford Toa, if New South Wales could pick him, they should, because he absolutely demolished Queensland centre Valentine Holmes. He played his 50th, but of course... The real occasion was for a much maligned number seven for the West Tigers. It was his 200th game. And if you want to go out on the memory of that wonderful, wonderful Fino try from your relative ecstasy, Stephen, can I go out on, I think, what was the highlight, which was coach Tim Sheens expressing an opinion about how it was for Luke Brooks on that wonderful night at Leichhardt last Saturday. There was a nice moment of chanting Brooks' his name there. Right? Yes. Yeah, well, people out here can do that. Yeah. People on Twitter who give him, give him grief, as far as I'm concerned, can take their, can take their, uh, their Twitter and shove it. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. A woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. I've been working in this factory. Now 15 years All this time I watched my woman Drowning in a pool of tears And I've seen a lot of good folk die Had a lot of bills to pay I'd give the shirt right off of my back If I had the guts to say Take this job and shove it I ain't working here no more a woman done left and took all the reason I was working for. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. There's the beautiful game, the sloppy game, and then there's the rugby league. <laughs> Chris Gale, fire up. Uh, they mean business this week. It is the State of Origin number one in Adelaide. I was there last year and it was a beauty. Um, it's a funny game to watch though because it's not what you call a rectangular Suncourt special or Allianz special. It's a cricket ground. It's a cricket ground, yeah. They do other things on that oval. So you're a long way away from the action, but it doesn't matter. You can still feel it and you can still feel the intensity. Do you go off a, a – are you like Ray Warren because you are amazingly invited back? Yes. Um, do you – like they were on look through the binoculars do you just rely on your vision or when, do you watch a monitor the way it plays is generally where i sat last year is that the the one of the drawing sorry one of the try lines is about 500 million meters away uh-huh. at the other end uh-huh. and you go 
and I'm listening to everybody. <laughs> Did he get the ball down? Did he knock it on? Is the ref done something? Is there a play? Because it's so far, far away. You're looking through your goggles. Because if you look at the TV screen, there's a delay. <gasps> Doesn't help. And being South Australia, is there no truth to the rumour that you've been consulted on your music choices by Ian Chapel by any chance? Or no, 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 okay. no truth at all. No, no. Funny enough, most people leave me alone. Is that right? Yeah. I don't mind a little bit of, uh, what about this? What about that? Dur- like, a la, like at a wedding, you'd like people to come up during a little bit. the NRL Grand Final <laughs> and make a request. I-, I put a board out, right? Can we play the a- Grease a- Mega Mix, please? A-, a whiteboard with a pen. <laughs> put your list. I'll check it later. Right? Yeah, why not? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, what, they love the horses here? Really? <laughs> right, okay. Really? What about John Farnham? Because can, he's not Can well. you play Tina Turner simply the best? No, don't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being confronted by Cronulla's Sharks fan at a Grand Final near the end, and the, and the, the one they won, you know. Said, mate, they love the horses by Daryl Braithwaite down the side. They, re- I'm telling you the truth. They really do. I'm going looking. Going, is that right? Is that really right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> they think I'm like a moron, a block of wood. Anyway, enough of that. Um, I, I think, um, yeah. Once again, it's probably on the line. I don't know about for Billy Slater, but but definitely for Freddie, it's probably on the line if he loses this series. So he's three and two all time. Yeah. If he wins this series, he gets an automatic one year extension. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, uh, he's got to win this series. So, and, and you know, Billy Slater's the same. I'll do the job until they tell me they don't want me anymore. Have you noticed uh, Billy Slater's eyebrows? <laughs> Have you noticed those? He's got a permanent furrow now. Like, like you know, when men get serious, you know, they're looking serious about their documents and they're you know checking over their kids or something, and they're going, "I don't believe that." They put a little furrow on his brow. He's got a permanent furrow now because he's now a grown up. Right. He's now running the team. Right. It's a big change, isn't big it? Change, it's a big yeah. change from uh, a couple, the kid. couple of horses in the paddock. That's right. And, and a little bit of uh, uh, training for the uh, new uh, Canberra, uh, Melbourne fullback, uh, Young Meany. Uh, I do notice on the Sunday footy show that they put Freddie and Billy at opposite, opposite ends yeah, of yeah. the panel. They put G.I. in the middle this week. I thought that was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love G.I., but I'm yeah. not sure he's natural and, TV and, talent. And it's all for a good cause. Yes, oh, yeah. it was Indigenous round, of course. That was, yes, that was course, what it was. Uh, yeah. What I loved about because both coaches make themselves very available to all the media outlets after the selections, but together. Uh, yeah, well, but now they're split in the camps, yeah. right? Haven't they learned anything from boxing? <laughs> haven't they? <laughs> That's they right. They should get in a room exactly. Yeah, just like a day before, they're fighting. A la little little Belzy and little Kimchi. Yeah. Right? But but the issue, of course, is who misses out. So. There's been a lot of uh, banging on about Queensland loyalty and Ponga doesn't get a run, nor does Dame Gagai. And let me tell you, my little... If I can talk a bit of football for just a moment, Stephen. Yes. The reason why I have Addo Carr in the New South Wales team is he scores tries and origins. Don't know what it is. No. Valentine Holmes, who yet again I point out owned by Stafford on the weekend. Yeah. But Holmes and Gagai, they just score tries and origins. So you walk away from that at your peril in my view. Right, right. But so these guys had to um, be called. And Billy goes, you know, it's a really emotional moment calling Wish Walsh and... Reese Wall said I was crying in bed and then I got the call, which makes me worried. But um, he goes, they're great calls to make. He goes, of course, there are difficult calls to make. And he's Kalen understood and yes, basically thanked me. Yes, yes. And Dane said, well, I wish the team all the but best. it was a full picture thing, wasn't it? Billy his loves health. making those calls. Right. He, he's happy to call the guys that are in, but he yeah. loves calling the people out. Does he? Because he's a student of Cameron and loves that. Can I just say putting he's, the knife he's got in. ice in his veins? Oh, he's got ice in his veins. <laughs> hey, can yeah. I say? Well, he did win the Rex Under Sports Person of the Year, I think, two or three years running. And you know why? 
Because he's got ice in his veins. Well, I, he would say because he, he said it again last night. I've got yeah. my feet. I've got my head where my feet are, which just, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a strange image. Yeah. But and it, you know what's also there? The eyebrows. <laughs> that's right. On the head. But he basically won those Rex owners because he didn't throw his toys out of the cot, Stephen. Right, right. Uh, now, obviously, he's made some big decisions. Um, Matt Burton, of course, who was the punching bag for a couple of idiots in Queensland last year. That now that that's a line where the police should have walked on the field and said it was Dane Gagai whilst. Big, Big Tino. Tino was, had him in a headlock. Yes. One of your moves from wrestling. Fa'asua Malawi. Just so Dane could belt the living daylights out of it. That's right. And I'm thinking, hello, I, I know we're stretching the boundaries a little bit, yeah. but that's against the law, surely. Well, this is the, this is the two-speed thing. Yeah. You know, uh, as we said, Jerome Luai touches a touch judge and says, I didn't recognise him, even though he's wearing a bright yellow canary referee's <laughs> jersey. And <laughs> Frizzell just brushed a referee a few years ago. Hornswoggle from memory, and he was uh, banned for two weeks. Big Tino leads with his arm or a throw. Don't you know that Luai is lovable? Yeah, <laughs> he's a Don't rogue. <laughs> yeah, he's chief energy officer. Chief energy officer as well. Two sets of rules, like there are two sets of books down in Melbourne. So this behaviour is clearly allowed. Yeah. And I think Freddie was upset that Burton got beaten up to a degree. But yeah. I think what really upset him, yeah. where were the Blues rushing in to support their mate? They weren't there. And where is he this year? Burton, mm. he's back at Canterbury. At Canterbury. Now, Reese Walsh, I've got to say, there's, if there's one player I want to see do something special, it's Reese Walsh. I, I'm, I'm blues all the way, but it's a little bit like when Billy Slater scored that try. You've got to give him credit when credit's due, correct? I don't necessarily agree with that. No, I um, I, he could do something special like drop a couple of bombs. Oh, That'd be good. <laughs> Miss Well, you know, of course. Fragile ego. Come on. He is a he is a particular talent. Yeah. That, that little incident in the Broncos Penrith game last Thursday, where they went up to see whether there's a try, and Ashley Klein in the bunker said, "Yep, yeah, no, he's um, just contesting the ball because he went up facing the uh, the opposition and." Twisted 180 in midair and was looking at the ball when it came down. Yes, and um, that's the famous moment where referee Adam G said, oh, "I'm not quite sure that's right, Ash," and they changed the decision. So Very he's personal. a he's a freak talent. Yeah, but um, I'm he not is. backing him to do anything. But it's it's just come out that uh, Cameron Munster's got a busted rib. He'll play. He's going to take the shot. That's just ducks and drakes. High end morphine, Chris, <laughs> does wonders for you for a couple of hours. But surely, surely they're going to target him. Surely those balls aren't going to go to Walsh. Ben Hunt's going to be kicking straight up, straight down, while the ball's coming down to our wonderful Cameron Munster, who I remember kicking a bloke in the, in the head during a grand final. Such as a lovable guy he is. I'm hoping it's Nathan Cleary rather than Ben Hunt that does the kicking, but that's just me. <laughs> okay. It could be either. I don't care. <laughs> Sorry. You, you know Ben Hunt's playing for Queensland, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> ben Hunt's going to kick it to. Little Appy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Happy, happy. Uh, are there any particular, you know, figures in the Queensland team that have got sheer size? Well, Big Tino is big Tino. Is he as big as Payne Haas? Uh, no. Yeah. No, Haas is generally accepted to be Just the, the biggest human in the world, right? Largest human. La- okay. Yeah. Where does Panguy sit in that uh, spectrum? Yeah, well, Panguy is definitely up there. Queensland have got the lights of the Fleglers and the Tom Gilberts and people like that. Yes. But, uh, but we, they're stupid. We seem to have... The- <laughs> Aren't they? Just stupid. <laughs> Still a Napa style. Yeah. Uh, we seem to have the physical mass advantage. And, of course... Most talk from the New South Wales perspective has been the inclusion of Tavita Pangai Jr. Yes. And, I mean, I would have thought the, the good selection would have been Tavita Pangai Sr. because he'd be a bigger <laughs> dude, right, um, rather than the young one. Can they get two for one? <laughs> and, and Andrew Webster today talks about getting Pangai. Pangai, it's now a verb in the language, right? But Unfortunately, getting Pangai. I don't want to get Pangai. Well, it's not just getting um, crash-tackled on the field. It also yeah. it refers to being stood down for hanging out with bikies and things like that. But doesn't it sound like it's something that comes out of a Chinese market, <laughs> don't you reckon? Well, no, I think it's, that's actually the 
um, news media, uh, news limited's version of where COVID came from. That's wasn't right. It? Yeah. From the penguins. Some poor little creature they locked <laughs> up for many, many years. That's right. At the wet market. Yeah. So they're going to they're going to let him loose, are they? Penguin. No, no wonder Tavita's as well if he's been held up in a wet market. But run. He's got Run. the eyes. Yeah. Um, he operates, as does Hudson Young from Dennis Carnahan's Canberra Raiders on... Yeah. He's got a bit of gouging in his background. Right. Um, on the inverted U. I called it the inverted T arousal theory previously. It's the inverted <laughs> yeah. U. Yeah. That Freddie's realised that its origin, two sets of rules, fight fire with fire. Right. Can I just... Take this opportunity, Stephen, to correct a couple of mistakes I've been making lately. Yes, like, dare I do it? Yeah, inverted you, not inverted T. Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters play the Washington Generals, not the Washington Senators. You do your own checking, do you? Chris? Yes. <laughs> I just go, move on. And Balmain Chair Leslie Glenn said about the Blue Wiggles theory that it was fanciful and unrealistic, not unreliable. But ah. now I've got all that off my chest. Now. He's an entertainer, Chris. Mm. Now, listen, a couple of little tidbits. Yes. Um, did you notice anything in particular during Indigenous Round during Reconciliation Week? Because what I did notice when yeah. our, our team walked out with the chooks, that, um, there was the, the, the Welcome to Country. Yes. And next to that was the beautiful Nathan Blacklock, the most charming man in the world. Yeah, you love Nathan Blacklock. Great next to Nathan, Next to Terrell Sloan. Mm-hmm. Anthony Mundine, what a triumvirate. Yep. What a moment. Yep. And the kid was just overawed by it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. You? Nothing. For in, for Indigenous Round, yeah. uh, the 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 auntie who gave the Welcome to Country at Leichhardt Oval, yeah. I know I wasn't there, but I certainly watched it. Very, very sweet. Very, very endearing. Yeah. Had a little bit of trouble with the team names. Uh, we were the West uh, Balmain Tigers. Yeah, fair enough too. And, you don't have uh, much again? And the Cowboys were our <laughs> friends from up north. <laughs> It's a little bit like Joe Biden with Scott Morrison. Yeah, yeah. My friend down under. And finally, there's been a bit of an uproar in that region. Of course, Darcy Burns always stirring the pot a little bit. Uh, there's like an oval, of course, where there's all sorts of debates about whether the money should go in and where it should come from, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a smokestack or an exhaust fume stack being built near the West Connects uh, in or outlet, I don't know, in Roselle. Everyone's saying it's butt ugly. You can put on any number of trees or plants. It just looks like something out of a bad Terminator film. But... We had an idea, didn't we? Well, it's your idea, Stephen. Yeah. I reckon you're really being a really bugger up big statue of Laurie Nichols. Who was Laurie Nichols? So Laurie Nichols was a um, share wool classer by trade. Oh. And he was best known as the Tigers' number one supporter. Allowed? Very loud. He would be at the players' entrance, and he'd On always the field. be shadow boxing a bit like Kane Evans, but in a very different context. Or a singlet. Yes, no matter what the temperature. Yeah. He toured with the Kangaroos. Did he? And they'd be playing an all and Wigan, and right. he'd still be in the singlet because he's so much beloved. Yeah. Was and he's uh, warm blooded, yeah. and he would be the chief <laughs> cheerleader. And right. you'll see archival footage from the seventies and eighties. You know, your arm around Wayne Pierce after yes, the eighty-nine uh, yes. grand final. That sort of caper. Laurie was our number one supporter and much beloved and known. For a, he had a little bit of the gift of the gab. Yes, and in boxer stance, can you imagine a great big statue? Let's say, let's say a hundred foot tall. Yeah, Laurie Nichols style. Colossus of Rhodes. Clenched in the what colours? Black and gold, never fold. Never fold. If it was exhausting fumes, what would happen? Well, every time it belches, yeah. uh, there's an audio booms out on the state of the art speakers. Yeah. Black and gold, never fold. Never It'll fold. become coloured smoke. Yes. Yeah. Black and gold. Now you can imagine the car slowing down, can't you? Well, the kids say, "I want to, I want to see it, Dad. When's Laurie going to blow?" Can you imagine an out of towner goes, "Oh, there must be an accident up ahead." Must, yeah. <laughs> what it that is? Time has taken extra forty. Everyone minutes. just wants to savour that, yeah. like they savour the Todd Carney bubbler at the Opera House. It's such a beautiful artwork. It's not just about artisans and bloody you know coffees and all the rest of it in the inner west. There are other things to follow. Well, it's funny. You know, it's funny that Darcy Byrne hammers this issue so much. Like, according to Peter Fitzsimons, there are no votes in stadiums. Well, not according to Darcy. He's constantly banging on about Leichhardt. Yes. But this is an opportunity 
as a modern society, Stephen, there's lots of problems. We know that. Yes. But can't we take a leaf? They say that Leichhardt Oval is the eighth wonder of the world. Well, let's go back to the wonders of the world. Let's go back to the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Babylon. Let's go wow. to the Colossus the of Rome. pyramids, yeah. Let's build something big. Right. And that big is the statue of Laurie Nichols, Nichols on West Connects. If you don't know, it's educational. <laughs> Fantastic. So, so, so Darcy Boone, get behind that one for a change, you know? Yeah, and if the sports minister of New South Wales working for Chris Min is listening, whoever you are... You know what? They'll laugh. <laughs> They'll think it's silly. Oh, they're prepared to bring UFC out of this country. Do something for the local community. Thanks, Chris. Fire up. Thanks, Tim. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting round of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!